What is going on, movie lovers? Welcome back to another edition of No Content for Old Men. This is the podcast where every week I give you reviews of the latest movies and some streaming suggestions for your weekend. As always, I'm your host, Matt Craig. Thank you so much for listening. Very excited to share this episode with you guys. First off, we're talking about One Night in Miami, which is an Oscar hopeful, especially for its actors, and we'll explain why that is. Um, before we take a stroll through the HBO library with their recent releases, Lockdown and Tiger, then we'll dip back into some streaming suggestions, one of which my friend calls quite literally. He said, Matt, this might be the best movie you've ever suggested to me. <laughs> so you'll want to stay tuned for that one. Um, if you are discovering us through the podcast, you can now find my newsletter version of this podcast on Substack, and that is at www.mattcraig.substack.com. There you will find, yeah, a written version of this podcast. Also, our trailer watch, which gives a commentary on a trailer that came out came out this week. And this week, we're looking at Malcolm and Marie and kind of checking in with the state of the Oscar race. So if you want to check that out, mattcraig.substack.com. But until then, let's dive into One Night in Miami. There was a time in early Hollywood history when stage actors laughed at colleagues who decided to appear in motion pictures. And really, who could blame them? It was the early 20th century, and no serious actor would choose to perform vaudeville on screen over Shakespeare on the stage. Eventually, cinematic storytelling improved, and as movies became the dominant cultural force, its actors perpetrated the same discrimination on their TV counterparts. A movie star wouldn't get caught dead appearing on television until the point when that's where all the juicy roles are. <laughs> and now you'd be hard-pressed to find a new show without an A-lister or two. Still, the feeling that persists is that stage acting is the pinnacle of the art form. Perhaps it's because the actor must perform his lines and actions in one take with no margin for error. Or because he or she must protect, project this dialogue to the back of the auditorium. Or I suspect it's because on the stage, the actor stands totally unprotected by camera angles and quick cutting. The responsibility of the story falls entirely on his or her shoulders. That's why there's still a degree of prestige associated with what you'll hear people call, quote, classically trained Shakespearean actors. And it accounts for at least part of the reason why British talent has invaded American prestige movie making. Up to and including Gary Oldman playing a New York City Jew in Mank, and Kingsley Benadire playing characters as quintessentially American as Barack Obama in The Comey Rule and Malcolm X in this movie, One Night in Miami. For this reason, actors truly love movies adapted from stage plays. They come closest to recreating the meaty dialogue and emotional crescendos. Think about Tom Cruise and Jack Nicholson in A Few Good Men, Alec Baldwin in Glen Gary, Glen Ross, Always Be Closing, Dustin Hoffman in The Death of a Salesman, F. Murray Abraham in Amadeus, or Marlon Brando in A Streetcar Named Desire. These are iconic roles, and more importantly, whenever you think of these movies, you first think about the acting performances. Upon this premise is built One Night in Miami, originally a stage production written by Kemp Powers, who also co-wrote Pixar's Soul this year, who adapted this piece to be the directorial debut of Oscar-winning actress Regina King. The promise was... For not one, not two, but four irresistible parts, reflecting the four icons of American life who really did meet in real life the night 
of Cassius Clay's World Championship fight in 1964. If you build it, they will come. Ben Adir is Malcolm X. Leslie Odom Jr. is Sam Cooke. Aldous Hodge is Jim Brown. And Eli Gore is Clay Cassius Clay. It's an acting showcase for all four of them, the type of performances that garner Oscar buzz and elevate their careers to the next level. Too often, however, the movie is hamstrung by the acting showcase. The constraints of stage-to-screen adaptation are painfully clear throughout, and the narrative unfolds at times like an exchange of monologues. The four of them are together in a room, then each combination of two is split off into their own individual conversations in a way that doesn't feel entirely authentic. In some ways, the minimal cinematography and set design feels intentional because the movie is far more about the content of these monologues and dialogues than it is about how they piece together. It's like a really beautifully constructed, more immersive podcast. After each character is introduced and finds their way to the hotel room, what follows is an exchange of ideas. In that way, One Night in Miami is one of the most important conversations of the year. It bypasses the usual convenient talking points to debate the raw realities of being black in the United States. And, as men with wealth and power within that community, what is the best way to further the cause? That question pits Malcolm X on the side of militant antagonism with Sam Cooke on the side of financial freedom. The audience gets taken on a journey at times, at various points, siding wholeheartedly with one side and then the other before coming to a messy but satisfying compromise in the end. As an essay contributing to perhaps the most important conversation in the country today, this movie is a marvel. As a complete work of cinema, I I found it a bit lacking. But in this case, your decision about whether or not to watch it should be influenced far more by Category 1 than Category 2. And truthfully, you don't want to miss these acting performances. Embodying characters with whom the audience already has a relationship as well established as we do with these titans is no easy feat. Yet... These four make it look effortless. I dare any of the actors who played these roles on stage to disagree. Every week, I give you something new, something old, and something to stream. This week, I've got two somethings new, and they're both currently streaming on HBO Max. It's Lockdown, first up, and also the Tiger documentary. So first, let's talk about Lockdown. On its face, I'm really not too interested in a movie about a couple stuck together in COVID quarantine on the verge of breaking up, we'll probably get a dozen of these, including one I talk about in the trailer watch of my newsletter, Malcolm and Marie. But you add to the mix director Doug Lyman, who directed Swingers, The Born Identity, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, and Edge of Tomorrow, to name a few, and screenwriter Stephen Knight, who's the showrunner for Peaky Blinders, plus add in Anne Hathaway in Chiwetel Ejiofor, whose name I cannot pronounce if I tried, and a heist plot involving a $3 million diamond. Okay, now you have my attention. Under non-pandemic circumstances, one would hope this movie would be way breezier and not take itself so seriously, but the over-dramatized acting here strangely suits a moment in which we all feel like the sky is falling. Ultimately, the group didn't let logistical pandemic limitations stand in the way of an entirely competent heist movie. And let's be real. The bar doesn't even need to be set that high to get you to watch a good heist movie. Okay, the other something new this week is the Tiger documentary. It's just called Tiger. And the most important question in sports coverage today is the degree to which a subject is influencing 
the telling of his own story. This summer's The Last Dance, for example, was executive produced by Michael Jordan and therefore edited like a celebratory infomercial, which was a mandatory requisite, I know, because Jordan had to sign off rights to the exclusive 1997 footage. This documentary on Tiger Woods exposes the pros and cons of the other side of the spectrum, an objective examination of Tiger's life and legacy without the participation of the primary subject. First and foremost, that makes the project more interesting. One leaves the two-part, nearly four-hour program with a complete picture of a complicated figure, even if close observers would note there was really no new revelations. Unfortunately, at times the documentary sags under the weight of the elephant in the room, being Tiger's absence of perspective and inner thoughts during key key moments of his journey. In this world, where we have to pick one or the other, I definitely prefer option two. This week, something old, I'm talking about 1992's Malcolm X, which is also streaming on HBO Max. Now, it's impossible to watch Kingsley Benadir's portrayal of the fiery civil rights leader and not think back to Spike Lee's biopic, which features perhaps the greatest Denzel Washington performance of his career. And I know that is saying a lot. (laughs) This movie is provocative, controversial, and captivating, kind of like the character it portrays. If you haven't seen it, it's absolutely, definitely worth the watch. Something to stream this week, it's Nocturnal Animals on Netflix. I recommended this to one of my friends this week, and he came back to me and he said, Matt, I think that might be the best movie you've ever recommended to me. <laughs> so that is the all the endorsement you really need, but... When I think about this movie, I'm surprised. Not by the fact that famous fashion designer Tom Ford wrote and directed this movie. After all, many an ego has convinced successful men of their own genius. But I am surprised by the fact that the movie is actually good. Upon rewatch this week, I bumped that up to really good. A compelling, if traditional, revenge narrative is personified as a novel within a more abstract character study. And... The movie has much to offer both to the shallowest of thrill-seeking viewers and the deepest examiners. Plus, both plot lines are packed with recognizable actors. Just to name a few, Jake Gyllenhaal, Amy Adams, Army Hammer, Michael Shannon, Aaron Taylor Johnson, Isla Fisher, Laura Lenny, Michael Sheen. For fans of intense thrillers who don't mind a dash of hyperviolence, <laughs> it'll be hard to do much better than Nocturnal Animals. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you, as always, so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed those movies. If you do watch any of the movies I recommended this week, please get in touch with me and let me know what you thought. You can either hit me up on Twitter at Mr. Matt Craig or now through my newsletter at www.mattcraig.substack.com. I would really appreciate it if you enjoy this newsletter, if you enjoy this podcast, to please share it with someone else who would like movie reviews and streaming suggestions. Next week... Oh, we have some really exciting news. Uh, I cannot wait to share it with you. On Friday, yeah, there will be an announcement (laughs) that I'm very, very excited about. So uh, until then, guys, I guess I'll see you at the movies.